Uh, well, good morning again. Welcome to Liberty Church. We are so glad to have you. God bless you. Uh, we love you. Thank you so much for choosing Liberty Church, uh, making it your destination. This morning, you picked a great day to be here. I'm really excited to, to pick up where we left off last week, right? We started a, a really in-depth, uh, exciting new message, right? Where we're studying and, and talking about things uh, all, included, all inclusive of, of, of end times, right? The, the, the end times and things that we need to be, uh, be aware of as believers, as the church, things we need to be uh, not just see, search, searching through the word of God to find answers, but things we need to be in prayer for, uh, right? And, and, and all these things, right? Because, I mean, I don't know if you're like me, as I'm, as I'm going about my, my, my daily days, uh, meeting people, talking to people, man, it's like every other person you meet saying the same thing, right? Like, man, uh, Jesus is coming, <laughs> <laughs> right? 2020 has been quite a year. And so it's kind of like one thing after the other. And you know what? But nobody knows when he's coming, right? Nobody knows the day, the time, the hour. Jesus even said, uh, only my Father in heaven knows the appointed time, right? Only my Father in heaven. And so uh, this message really excites me. Uh, but it also, it's a very sobering message because if you don't hear anything I hear, have to say the rest of this day, and y'all be praying for your pastor, I hope you have been this last week because this end times is really outside of my comfort. It's not my, necessarily my sweet spot, amen? The Lord is stretching me. Uh, but I call y'all to be stretched all the time, right? So it's only right for your pastor to be stretched. But uh, we got to know that we need to be ready. We need to be awake. The church needs to be ready, Right? End times. When is it? How's it going to happen? Right? And so th this message is not necessarily uh, a message about getting you to agree with uh, the disputables with me or what I believe, right? Uh, because there are some things that are definitely going to happen. The questionable things is when and how they're going to happen, right? So I don't want you just to agree with what I say or what Pastor Keith says or what Liberty Church says. The goal of this message really is to bring about clarity through the Word of God, right? To bring about, uh, hopefully stir up some hunger for truth inside of us as we're living for Him every day, right? And, and really so that we see and recognize that we need to be ready. We need to be awake, right? For when Jesus comes for His bride, Amen. And there are things that are definitely going to happen. Is Jesus coming back? Amen. You better believe it. All right? I said last week, right, this next time he's not coming disguised as a baby in a manger, right? Uh, will there be an antichrist? Yes, you better believe it. Is, is God going to rapture his church beforehand? Yes, you better believe it. Is there going to be a, a, uh, a mark of the beast? Yes, there is. Those are indisputable things, but when and how are these things going to happen, right? That's the thing that we don't know. And that's really the goal and the point of this message is so that by searching through the word of God, that maybe we can find some clarity in these things, right? And then when, when, when we find clarity, guess what? Now we can begin to teach and educate others. Right? When we know the truth, then we can educate others in the truth. Amen? Let's look at that first scripture. We're going to use the same one we used last week. Really just to, to, to set our hearts this morning and get ready to pick up where we left off. And 
But before we get into, I just want to go ahead and give one more shout out, some props to Dr. Forrest Van Zant. Does anybody know who Dr. Forrest is? Amazing, awesome, mighty man of God, super smart guy. A lot of this material that we're using for this whole message comes from him. And I want you to know you can still, uh, there's a syllabus that he wrote is still available to you if you want it. Did anybody sign up and get that last week? A couple of you, this sir, did y'all get it this week? Amen. Uh, if you want to get that uh, syllabus emailed to you, just see me after church. I'll get your email and we can send it to you. It's, it's really a deeper, more in-depth study uh, because we can only go, for time's sake, <laughs> so deep, right? Because we're just, we're, we're up against the time, what we can do on a Sunday morning. So, but I just want to give him props too uh, because he's super smart, mighty man of God. Amen. But Acts, um, here it is, Acts 17, 11, right? As we set our hearts uh, before we go into this again this morning. So, and the people of Berea were more open-minded than those in Thessalonica. They listened eagerly. Somebody say eagerly. To Paul's message, they searched the scriptures day after day to see if Paul and Silas were teaching the truth, right? And so this, this has to be us on our daily lives as we live for God, as we're doing quiet time, as we're praying, studying. Uh, don't just take what Pastor Ian says this morning or Pastor Keith says this morning or even Liberty Church says this morning, where Paul and Silas and all the disciples, were they, was it evident that they were men of God? Yes, signs, miracles, and wonders happened. But the people that saw that didn't just take their word for gospel, right? It says that they search for truth. And so we got to do that. That's how we study ourselves approved, right? Uh, we need to find the answers and look for the answers in this book uh, on our own, right? For our own understanding. Amen. So I just want to leave us with that. But so let's hit some recap points. Look at the things that we were talking about uh, last week. And that first point is really on the purpose of prophecy, right? And so if we're going to study end times, you have to know and uh, to see that to study end times, we have to begin with prophecy. And prophecy is really how God speaks to, to, to his children, to, to the church, to believers like you and me. And, and it's how he, he wrote the, the word of God, right? He spoke it through prophets, men of God, as they were uh, influenced by the spirit of God to write it out, to speak it. And so the first point, it says, the purpose of prophecy is to authenticate the word of God so that we will believe, somebody say believe, that Jesus is who he says he is, right? The son of God, the son of man, and the Messiah and the Savior of the world, right? And so to study end prophecy, the end times, we have to know that we have to look at uh, the, the prophetic word of God, what um, men of God prophesied before Jesus came, right? Because it was the man of God that prophesied before Jesus came, right? That proves that when Jesus did come, that that is what, that's the stamp of approval that God says, you know what? It authenticates the original word that was spoken, right? It says, you know what, yes, this, this is my son, this is Jesus, he's the Messiah. It proves that Jesus is the Son of God, right? That's what prophecy does. It, it, it puts that stamp of approval. It authenticates that prophetic word that it is from the Lord. So as we study end-time prophecies, to know what to look for, signs, things that are going on for us as the church to know that it's getting closer, we have to study the prophetic word of God, and know it not just in its prophetic meaning, but who was it spoken to, uh, who spoke it, the, what was going on in those times at the time, right? We have to study the word literally, figuratively, spiritually. All that encompasses really what the, the 
uh, the truth of what God is really saying to us. Okay, let's look at that next point. So using the, the, the prophetic word of God, uh, as we study end times, we also, have, as the church, have to know that end times prophecies doesn't actually revolve even that much around the actual church. <laughs> it actually revolves around three things, right? We said last week it revolves around God's land, God's people, uh, and God's holy city. End time events revolve around um, God finishing what he has started with Israel, right? Before Jesus came to save the entire world, right? He's the Messiah. Anybody believe in Jesus, right? He, he's good enough. He's well enough. He, he did that. But before that happened, all this entire word of God was, was revolved around all these three things, right? God's people, the Jewish people, the promised land, right? The land of, that God was going to bring them into uh, around the city of Jerusalem, all those things. And so that was God's original word. That was God's original uh, plan for, for the Jewish people, his, his people. And so we got to know that end time prophecy that came even from that, the Old Testament in that time is going to revolve around those three things also. So as the church, as new believers, as Christian believers, people who are striving to live like Jesus, we have to be educated in those things. We have to be well-versed in those things. What that means, because that means, what it means for them, it means for me, right? It means for us. It's how we can see and know uh, where we really are in this whole timeline of events. Does anybody believe that today is getting closer when Jesus is coming, right? It's getting closer. And so for me to be awake and for me to be ready, I have to be studied, amen? So we got we to see and recognize that the end times events are more than likely going to revolve around those three things at all times. That next point, salvation. Somebody say salvation. It comes from the Jews, okay? Salvation ends with the Jews, and by God's grace, he includes the whole world, right? For you and for me, what? All we need is Jesus, right? But guess what? There's no Jesus without the Jewish people, right? So we need the, we, we needed the Jewish people, too, for us to experience salvation, right? Jesus came from the line of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, right? The line of King David and, and so forth and so on. So he comes from that line and divine line, bloodline from, from God the Father, right? And so I know that you know that, though. That's an evident truth. And so that just, that just also authenticates that word of God that Jesus is who he says he is, right? That we can trust him. He is the Messiah. He's the Savior. And he's, excuse me, he's strong enough for anything that we go through, right? Okay, the next point, our last recap point, I believe, for this morning. <clears throat> so, all right, Pastor Ian, okay, I hear what you're saying. We need the prophetic word of God as we're studying end times events to, to see and know and recognize where exactly we are, but where are we, <laughs> right? Where are we? So we said, using the prophetic word of God, we really have to start in a place maybe you didn't actually think of. It's not in Revelations. Uh, many uh, theologians that are a lot smarter and wiser than I am, even Dr. Forrest, says really to, to understanding end time events, we have to start in Daniel 9, okay? And so that's where we started last week, Daniel 9, 26 through 27. And so we said that we are actually right now, somebody say right now, uh, we are in that, that gap between verse 26 and verse 27 of Daniel 9, okay? We call it the time of the Gentiles or the time of the church, the church age. 
Uh, and it's also that, that, that same time for Israel's, the Jewish people's, their, their spiritual blindness. Because what's going on right now, it's all about the gospel of Jesus, right? If you believe and accept and, and say with your mouth with your, that, that Jesus is Lord, then you can also be saved, right? That's what we're living in. And y'all, we need to take a, a moment and just be thankful for the day and time and grace that we are living in. You know how, 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 how blessed we are? to be able to choose every day, right, to freely live for him, right? Because we're going to talk about this morning, we're really going to focus on the rapture, but I believe when that happens, when God raptures his church, that that moment that we're living in right now, the, the time for the church age, that grace and mercy that's extended to us, non-Jewish Gentiles, uh, is actually going to come to an end. And, and then and the plan of God is going to be focused full circle and come back on the land of Israel, the people of Israel, and the city of Jerusalem. So hear me, y'all, we need to take advantage of this time that we live in. We need to be ready. We need to be awake. Amen? But let's read Daniel 9, 26 through 27. All right, it says, And after the 62 weeks, uh, Messiah shall be cut off, but not for himself. And for the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. The end of it shall be with the flood until the end of the war of desolations is determined. Right? So this is where we are now. After that verse, that verse is saying, okay, so Jesus, right, he's been crucified. The Messiah, he's been cut off, but not for himself. Jesus has been crucified. The temple where they used to worship, the Jewish people where they offerings and burnt sacrifices has been destroyed, right? It needs to actually be rebuilt uh, as we sit now before uh, they can begin to have uh, sac make sacrifices. Again, they have, the Jewish people have not been able to make sacrifices for over 2,000 years. And so that has to happen. But what happened just recently, right? Our own President Trump actually signed a peace treaty in Israel with three other nations. God is divinely make, making moves. Things are happening, right? So it's even closer now that that's going to happen, right? But so this is where we are right now. Jesus is crucified. The temple has been destroyed. It needs to be rebuilt. Uh, and it's right now the time of the church, right? We're, we're, we're growing the church. We're making disciples, uh, hopefully destroying works of the devil, right? Saving souls. So that's where we are. And then verse 27 so this is what we as a church have to know the things to be looking for in the future, the, the next events, the things that are to come. Then he shall, this is actually speaking of the Antichrist, okay? Then he, the Antichrist, shall confirm a covenant with many for one week. Let me stop there. I explained this last week. Uh, when you read that one, that one week, sometimes when you translate languages from one language to another language, it's literally impossible to translate a word that doesn't exist in the other language. And so when you read that uh, for one week, you have to know that that means, it, we say it, week of years. It actually means seven years. So it's not one, a literal one week. It means a one week of years, which is seven years, okay? So the Antichrist shall confirm with many the world for one week or seven years in the middle of the week, or in the middle of seven years, which is three and a half years, he shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering. So that means the temple, that's why we know the temple will be built, right? Because he's going to bring an end to those offerings and sacrifices. And on the wing of abominations shall be the one who makes 
desolate, even until the consummation which is determined is poured out on the de- on desolate. The great tri- tribulation, uh, famines, disease, earth, moaning, trembling, groaning, uh, death, destruction, wars, all these things. He's first going to come bring peace, and then really for the first three and a half years, and then the next three and a half years, it is going to be hell on earth. I don't know about you, but I'm not going to be here. I don't want to be here. Anybody else coming with me? Come on, somebody. Amen. And we're going to really look and see what God's going to spare that stuff for his church, for his bride. Right? He's not going to allow us to go through that because he saved us. Right? But So uh, let's read Romans 11.25. It says, For I do not desire, brothers, uh, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in the part has happened to Israel for the fullness. Somebody say fullness. Of the Gentiles to come. The fullness of Gentiles, that's what Paul's saying. And so he's saying that the, uh, the Jewish people were blind when Jesus came so that the Gentiles could be saved. But he's saying when there's a certain number, when that fullness of the, the church age has come uh, to, cl- to, to, to grips, when it, when it meets that mark, then the blindness of Israel will be removed, right? He's like, we're not without hope. I believe that God is going to still save us. Let's look at that next point. And so you better believe that, that, that God's going to not just save us, but he's going to save his original people. He's going to save the Jewish people who he loves and cares about. But that, but that next point, when is he going to come, right? Jesus, he said he was going to come like a thief in the night. So be ready. Somebody say ready. We know that the last seven years on earth are going to, oh, I'm sorry, we know what the last seven years on earth are going to look like. I kind of talked about that. But see, but what we don't know is when the last Gentile is going to be saved. Because when the time of the Gentiles comes to an end, everything is going to change in a moment in the twinkling of an eye, and it's called the rapture. Somebody say rapture. That's what we're going to really be t- talking about and focusing on uh, for today. But So I believe there's a certain number, right, in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, if your name's in the Lamb's book of life, then, then you're good, right? That's what the word says. But I believe there's a certain number. When it hits that certain number, God is going to sound the trumpet, and he's going to say, that's the one, that's the last one, that's my, my son, my daughter. Now call the church home. Bring my bride to me, right? Because that's what I believe. And when that happens, that's going to be amazing because we're all going to get to go. But guess what? We don't know when that is. That person could get saved here, Liberty Church, Holly Pond. I don't know. That'd be pretty cool. Or, or Liberty Church, Arad. That'd be pretty cool. Right? So, but that's really, <clears throat> really in the scheme of things, I think that next step, the next thing that, that is going to happen that is going to begin to, to begin to really move this end of times, getting into that 70th week of years, that last seven years of the prophecy of Daniel 9 to come true is really the rapture of the church. I believe that's the next thing of events. And guess what? That's why we have to be ready because when it happens, you either know you're with God or you've left behind. <laughs> so that's, that's why I'm saying we have to be awake and ready now because that's really the next thing that I believe is the rapturing of the church. And so that's what we're going to talk about uh, today. And the rapture is, 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 is so cool. It's, it's, it's amazing what God says in the word uh, about it. We're going to actually look, though, that the word rapture is not even actually 
in the Word of God, but I want to get ahead of myself. But let's, let's look at 1 Thessalonians uh, 4, 13 through 19. <clears throat> and if you really study, there's a lot to be said in end times in the book of Thessalonians. And so in verse 13, it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, we want you to know what will happen to the believers who have died, so you will not grieve like people who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and was raised to life again, we also believe that when Jesus returns, God will bring back with him the believers who have died. We tell you this directly from the Lord. We know we who are still living when the Lord returns will not meet him ahead of those who have died. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the shout of the archangel, <clears throat> and with the trumpet call of God. First the Christians who have died will rise from the graves, then together with them, we who are still alive will remain on the earth and will be caught up, or raptured, there in parentheses, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, then we will be with our Lord forever." Y'all, this is going to be so awesome. I think it's going to be amazing because a lot of us in this room are going to be up there together forever. Amen. God's going to call his church uh, home. But so we got to know that if, if you were born and saved, born again and saved by the blood of Jesus, and maybe you were dead when Jesus raptures his church, it doesn't matter. You're going to be raptured at the same time as whether you're here living on earth and he raptures the church. He, it'll be the same. We'll all be called up in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye, at the same time, right? And so, but that, that word there, verse 17, it says, uh, and on the earth they will be caught up or raptured. And so, like I said, if you, maybe you didn't know this, the word rapture is actually not uh, appear in the word of God, does not appear in the Bible. It's actually an English church term that we have uh, used because going back to language, when you Translate languages from one to the other. Sometimes you cannot actually translate the word. So that, that phrase of being caught up, we have used that word rapture to explain what that means and what that's going to look like for you and for me. Amen. That's going to be awesome. Anybody going to be there? Come on. It's, it's going to be awesome. And so but I also want to say that this, this script passage of scripture is not explaining the second coming, right, of Jesus when after he raptures his church, and he comes on a cloud of the army of angels and his church to come and bring righteousness and truth and to fight with the sword here on earth, right? This is not explaining that second coming. This is explaining that rapture moment for the church. But let's look at 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. Uh, Y'all bear with us today. We're going to be giving you a lot of scripture. Amen. Does anybody love the word of God? Amen. We need to love it and it's how we're going to find our answers. Uh, but verse 1, it says, Now concerning how and when all this will happen, dear brothers and sisters, we don't really need to write you, for you know quite well that the day of the Lord's return will come unexpectedly, like a thief in the night, right? There it is. When people are saying everything is peaceful and secure, then disaster will fall on them suddenly as a pregnant woman's labor pains. And there will be no escape, but you aren't in the dark about these things, dear brothers and sisters, and you won't be surprised when the day of the Lord comes like a thief. For you are all children of the light and of the day. We don't belong to darkness and night. So be on your guard, not asleep like the others. Let me say, y'all know the world is out there asleep, in darkness, entrenched in sin, entrenched in self, entrenched in Hollywood, entrenched in all the things that this world has to offer. 
He says, don't be like them, right? We're, 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 we're children of the light. We're children of the most high. So we need to be ready. We need to be sober. We need to be vigilant. We need to be on guard. And we need to be speaking truth, right? That's what he's telling us, the church. We need to, excuse me, we need to be ready, be on guard. Verse 7, night is the time when people sleep and, and, and drinkers get drunk, right? But let us who live in the light be clear-headed, protected by the armor of faith of love, not wearing as our helmet of confidence of salvation. For God chose to save us through our Lord Jesus, not to pour out his anger or wrath on us. And that's what, where I want to stop for a second because that's why I believe in the pre-tribulation rapture of the church, right? Um, that's debatable. You can debate before he's going to call his bride home or maybe into the, after the Antichrist comes on scene, people can debate those things. But I believe it's going to happen because why would God pour his wrath on the thing that he loves the most? He's going to spare us from that, right? Wouldn't that make sense? That God will protect his people? Because when that, that, that Daniel's 70th week of tribulation, when that that, that seven years begins to start and God starts pouring out his judgment and his wrath and in the earth for, its, for the earth's sins and for the earth's denial of his son. I don't believe God would do that to his people. He's going to spare us uh, from that. God chose to save us right from that. And, and, and God, he's, God's not going to pour his wrath out on his bride, right? Come on, somebody. Any, any, anybody married in the house? You know, you're not going to pour your wrath out, I hope, in Jesus' name, <laughs> on your spouse, right? You're supposed to love them and take care of them. Uh, and biblically, that's how, that's how um, we're compared to, right? Other than his sons and daughters, he compares to the church, the, the believer, the body that makes up the, the church of Christ as his bride. He's going to call her up. He's going to take care of us. In verse 10, there, sorry, I interrupted here. It says, so Christ died for us so that... Whether we are dead or alive, when he returns, we can live with him forever. Somebody say forever. And when he raptures his church, when he raptures us, we will never have to leave his side again. How awesome is that? Right? We are going to be with him forever until the end. We're going to have some things we've got to do. We're going to have to come back to earth and fight for righteousness uh, and, and, and do those things. And, but we're, he's, going to be, he's going to be the leader of us. Right? We're going to be with him. And we're all going to be together. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. But let's, look at, uh, let's look at 1 Corinthians 15, um, 51 through 55. So now we're in the book of Corinthians. Right? It says, Behold, I tell you mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall, excuse me, all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will will sound, and the dead will be raised, incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must be put on incorruption, and this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has been put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, right? Death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory, right? I know we're giving you the New King James Version, right? A little old school this morning, but I love that verse, right? Victory is going to be yours and be, be mine in Jesus' name. In that moment, in the twinkle of an eye, victory is no longer, I mean, the victory is going to be ours, right? Death is no longer going to prevail over us. Sickness is no longer going to prevail over us. 
hate and discord, all those things. It'll be victory in Jesus' name, right? It's going to be awesome. Let's look at that next point. So what is the rapture? You hear it, it's, it's all sorts of things, right? I'm trying to explain it all in a nutshell, but really it's the, it's the bodily resurrection. Somebody say resurrection. Of those who have died in Christ, born again prior to his return, and will be the bodily transformation for those who are alive in Christ and born again when he returns. So like I said, if you've accepted Jesus and you've passed away before he comes and raptures his church, you'll be raptured. Or if, you're, if you've accepted Jesus and are born again, when he does come and you are here alive, he will still rapture you in the same moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And that's what it means. And he's, he's calling his bride into the air. He's, he's catching her up, which is the church, together all at the same time. Okay? And we know without Jesus, right, we can't be saved. Let's read John 3, uh, 3 through 7. I'm just going to read verse 3, though, for time's sake. Right, so Jesus replied, I tell you the truth, unless you're born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Right, this is Jesus. So you cannot be, you can't be born of the kingdom if you're not, uh, I'm, serious, I'm, I'm sorry, you can't be a part of a kingdom, right, unless you've been born of that kingdom. <laughs> you can't experience in heaven and, uh, and being caught up in, with the bride of Christ if you, haven't, if you haven't accepted him as king, right? Who's the king of our kingdom? <laughs> his name is Jesus. Jesus Christ, right? So you, can, you have to die to self and be born again uh, in the righteousness of Christ. And, and this is why I believe, because we're born again, the church, that he will spare us from those, those things that are going to happen in the earth when the Antichrist does rise up. Amen? But let's look at that next point. So, the rapture is, I'm saying, I believe it's significant for many reasons, uh, but it's really the most significant one of the most significant end times events because it's the trigger uh, that will set into motion the 17th or the 70th week of Daniel or the Great Tribulation. The catching of the way of the church allows the Antichrist to step... Excuse me, I got people texting me on my iPad here. That's never happened before. Come on, Jesus. Um, the catching away of the church allows the Antichrist to step into power, right? Stepping up Stepping up the world, excuse me, setting up the world for the second coming of Christ and his earthly reign. All right, this is why I believe it's so important uh, and why I believe it's really the next step of the next sign or the event of the end times. And I kind of talked about this last week because it never really made sense to me how the Antichrist could rise to power in the earth if the church, uh, truth-speaking believers in the church was here, Right? Because if, 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 if he was trying to rise up, the church should, should say something, right? You know, Liberty Church, Holly Pond's going to be one of those churches, right? But if you, if you factor in the rapture before that happens, right, you take, you take them, them off the earth, then what happens? It makes it pretty easy for the Antichrist to begin to step on the scene, right? It makes it a lot easier for the Antichrist to begin to deceive people because you don't have the church, which is speaking truth, defending truth because it's just all going to be a mess. And so that's really the, the thing that is, that is holding that back. The only thing that is holding the Antichrist from stepping into that position right now is, is the church, is the spirit of God, right? So I believe this is the next step, the sign really for God's plan to take place. Let's read Thessalonians uh, 1, 7 through 10. It says, and God will provide 
uh, rest for you who are being uh, persecuted and also for us when the Lord Jesus appears from heaven. He will come with the mighty angels in flaming fire, bringing judgment or revenge on those who don't know God and those who refuse to obey uh, the good news of our Lord Jesus. They will be punished for eternal destruction forever, separated from the Lord and from his glorious power. When he comes on that day, he will receive glory from his holy people, praise from all who believe, and this includes you, who you believed, that we told you uh, about him, right? So this, this passage of scripture is explaining, describing that second coming, when we will come, when we will come with Jesus after, after the church has been raptured, uh, and really Christ will have the right to judge the world and the Antichrist in that moment, right? Let's read 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. It says, Now, dear brothers and sisters, let us clarify some things about the coming of our Lord Jesus and how he will be gathered to meet him. Don't be so easily shaken or alarmed by those who say that the day of the Lord has already begun. Don't believe them, even if they claim they have had a spiritual vision, a revelation, or a letter supposedly from us. Don't be fooled by what they say, for what uh, for that day will not come until there is a great rebellion against God and the man of lawlessness is revealed, the one who brings destruction. He will exalt himself and defy everything that people call God and every object of worship. He will even sit at the temple claiming that he himself is God. Don't you remember that I told you about all that uh, when I was with you? And you know now, uh, and you know what is holding him back, for he can be re revealed only when his time comes. For his lawlessness is already at work secretly, and it will remain secret until the one who is holding back steps out of the way. And I believe the only thing that is holding him back, we're speaking of the Antichrist, really is the, the church uh, and really uh, the Spirit of God. It's really the Holy Spirit is the only thing standing in the way right now for the Antichrist to really step on the scene. So you could argue when God raptures his church that the Holy Spirit will no longer be on earth. Right? And those are, those are debatable things. I don't know that for 100% true, but I feel like if God raptures his church, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us, uh, the Holy Spirit will not be on the earth. And that's why I also believe the Antichrist is going to be able to rise to power so easily because everybody is going to be so lost, they're not even going to know how lost they are. Because <laughs> the Holy Spirit is not going to be here to speak truth or, or acknowledge anything about God. Everybody is just going to be doing what they please, li living in sin, living in, uh, in deceit, living in, in, in secret, whatever it is. And so really, it's only the Holy Spirit of God that is holding that back. And so that's why I believe when God raptures his church, things are going to begin to happen very quick. That 70 week of Daniel, that 70th week, that seven years, the tribulation will begin to, to really start. It's going, things are really going to start happening. You're not going to want to be here. Uh, if, if the rapture happens and you're, and you're stuck here, well, we're going to talk about how hard it's going to be. Is, is, is there hope lost? You might be able to be saved, but... Well, it's going to be tough. I'm getting ahead of myself. We're going to talk about that uh, here in a moment. But let's read verse 8. It says, Then the man of the lawlessness, who's the Antichrist, will be revealed, but the Lord Jesus will kill him with the breath of his mouth. Just the breath of his mouth, he will have to submit to the authority of Jesus Christ. Come on, somebody. Just one word from heaven, right? 
One word from the Messiah, uh, who is Jesus, uh, and he's going to wipe him out, will destroy him by the splendor of his coming. This man will come to do his work of Satan with counterfeit power, signs, and miracles. Now we're talking about this, uh, the, the, the second beast, so to speak. We'll talk about that here in a moment. Verse 10, he will use every kind of evil deception to fool those on their way to destruction because they refuse to love and accept the truth that would save them. So God will cause them to be greatly deceived and they will believe these lies. Then they will be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing truth. They'll be condemned for enjoying evil rather than believing truth. Uh, like I said, we can't, we can't take the time, the day, and age that we live in for granted because right now we get to choose you have a choice to be ready, to be, to be the best Christian, the best son, daughter to God that you can be uh, right now, right? Tomorrow's not promised to us. Today's a gift. And if, if I really see today as a gift, that has to change the way that I live and the way that I think about who I am in Christ, right? That next point. So the rapture ends, ends the, the, the time of the Gentiles when, I believe, when God raptures his church, the time for the church is then over. If your name was not in the Lamb's book of life, then the, the, it, it could be too late. It might not be too late. Those are, those are debatable things. Uh, but the, the, the time for the church is really going to be over. It's going to then be focused on the Jewish people, the, the land of Israel, God's People and their blindness will then shift to an end time harvest uh, for the Jewish people. Uh, and we're going to read this in God's Word. It actually says, with 144,000 witnesses proclaiming Jesus as Messiah, Jewish witnesses claiming Jesus as Messiah. Once the church is raptured, the evangelic, evangelist voice on earth is going to be focused on the Jews, right? And so, really, after the church is raptured, I believe the Holy Spirit will be off the earth until this moment where the Holy Spirit seals these 144,000 Jews to then preach the gospel. So if you're left behind and you're not Jewish, can you be saved? Yes, there's a chance. But if you're not Jewish and you probably don't uh, speak their language and you don't know all the stuff that encompasses being, being a Jew, it is going to be very hard for you to understand the message of the gospel because it's going to have that Jewish flavor. It's going to be different. That voice is going to be funneled through them. Amen? Uh, so let's read Revelation 7, 1 through 4. It says, After these things I saw four angels standing at four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow in the earth or the sea or any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice, to the four angels to whom it was granted to harm the earth and the sea, saying, Do not harm the earth and the sea or the trees till we have sealed, somebody say sealed, the servants of our God and their foreheads. And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel were sealed. So the 144,000 Jews uh, will be sealed on earth by the Holy Spirit during the Great Tribulation that will be saved. If you believe God has a special number for his Jewish people to be saved and sealed, do you believe that God maybe has a special number on his mind for his church? I think so. <laughs> so if you're not confident 
today, spiritually, that your name is in the Lamb's book of life, what are you waiting for? Today is a gift. Mercy and grace are, are afforded to you. Why doubt? Because tomorrow may not come. We need to, we need to really know how, how special of a gift it is that we live in the time that we do. Let's look at that next point. So why does all this matter? Like I'm saying, <laughs> because it all matters, right? This world will perish. You can't take nothing with you when you go. You know what? But heaven and eternity is forever. And that word forever is really hard for our earthly minds to comprehend, I believe. Uh, but it matters because forever is forever. Uh, and you don't want to spend forever in hell, trust me. I want to spend forever uh, with my, my church family and my Savior and my family and my, my loved ones. Uh, that's why it matters. But also it matters because what this point says, right? Because if you're not a Jew... The time of salvation is now. Once the rapture happens, it'll be too late. It won't be impossible, but it will probably be improbable. If you are left behind, being born again as a non-Jewish person, it'll be very hard. It'll be very improbable. If you won't, I love this, this last statement that we're going to wrap up with. If you won't live for him now while it's easy, and I get it, you know, the church is under attack. We have some persecution, but y'all, right now is easy compared to what it's going to be after he raptures his church and you are left behind, believe me. So if you won't live for him now while it's easy, why would you be willing to die for him who is God, Jesus, when it will be harder than you ever imagined? Why would, why would it be easier during that than it is now if you can't do it now, right? Revelations 13, 11 through 17, it says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth, and he who had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercises all authority in the first beast in his presence and causes the earth and those who dwell on it to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. This, this scripture is... Where am I? It is about the false prophet. The Antichrist is going to rise up. Uh, uh, Jesus and the church, as it's wrapped, will come down. We'll, we'll get victory over him. And this false prophet will then begin to rise up and have every so more discord uh, and cause more people to believe in the original Antichrist, the same message. right? It just goes to show you the enemy is not going to give up until the very end. The enemy who is the devil, the Antichrist, is not going to stop fighting until the very, very end, right? So we have to be ready. Verse 13, it says, he performs great signs so that he, um, so that he even makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and he deceives those who dwell on the earth by those signs which he was granted to do in the sight of the beast, telling those who dwell on the earth to make an image to the beast who was wounded by the sword and lived. He has granted power to give breath to the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. He causes all, both great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark, somebody say mark, on their right hand or on their foreheads, that no one can may buy or sell except one who has the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. Right? This is the mark of the beast that we're talking about. The mark of the beast is not going to be just something that, that you will need if you're left behind to do commerce, to, to buy, to trade, to sell. 
uh, all those things. And I believe, you know, that technology for that hap- to happen is, is already here. Is it a chip? Is it not a chip? Is it, is it a car? Is it this? I don't know all that stuff. Uh, but what I want to say is that mark of the beast is not just that thing. It won't be just that thing so that you can buy and trade. So, so you can still, it'll, it, it's an allegiance to the Antichrist. If you reject that mark, you and your family uh, will experience not just death, but torture before you die. And that just goes to show you that that is how the enemy uh, perverts the truth of God. Because at the very end, the enemy wants to force you to worship him. Our God gives us choice, right? I'm thankful that I have a choice. And that's how the enemy is going to pervert, and it perverts who God is and who he really is and his love and the choice that it gives us. And he is going to make everybody bow down. And worship him by, you take this mark or you die. You take this mark or you die, right? That's what it's going to be. I'm thankful we have a choice today. Amen. Amen. Can I pray over us? At the close. I just want to pray over us. Father God, I thank you, uh, I thank you that we have a choice, Lord. I thank you for your word. Holy Spirit, I just uh, I pray that you continue to teach us, continue to teach me, and, and teach us, God, as we're trying to study this and find answers. Lord, I pray the things that I said made sense uh, to us this morning. God, but I pray that we, um, we would even look for answers ourselves. God, and I pray that we... God, we spiritually, if we're not spiritually right, God, that we get right. Because no one knows the appointed time, God. And so I want to take this moment um, to offer an altar call. If you're here today and maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord uh, and Savior, you've either never done that or maybe you have and you've fallen away and you just, right now, you just you feel like maybe God's mad at you all the time, I'm going to tell you he's not mad at you. He still loves you, but maybe you feel that way because you're doing something in the dark that you know he knows you're doing, but you know it's not what God wants you to do. And so you need to be restored. We we call that being restored in Christ. So that's that's what this altar calls for, those two people. You've, You've never known God as your Savior. Or you have and you've fallen away and you want to you make that right today. Now is your moment. If that's you, either of those two people, right now I want you just to stand up. Stand up right now. Um, no one's looking at you. No one's watching to see you standing up. This is just you and this is a moment between you and you and God, okay? Uh, and you have to stand because if God's speaking something to you right now, you got to do something about it by faith. The Bible says faith without works is dead. Um, so you just take, take this moment for what it is, if that's you. I'm going to give you a few more seconds. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you want to change your life today, a few more seconds. Amen. Well, Father, Lord, we thank you again. And God, I pray you would be with us as we go on dismiss for the rest of our Sunday. Lord, I just, I just pray uh, health and wholeness 
God, in our church and healing uh, through all of our, our, our members and our, our extended family. God, I'm going to call them our extended church family. God, that you'll be with us. Pray your peace over us as we go. God, I pray your confidence and boldness over us as we go. God, that even in these end times, God, these, this, this day and age that we find ourselves, God, we can, we can still love people. God, we can still uh, be merciful and graceful. God, and we can be confident and bold, God, in knowing who you are uh, in our lives, in the world. Lord, so we thank you for that, God. God, so be with us. We love you, and we thank you. God, we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.